Oh, well, then we're live. It is the Tabletop Collins Show, not the talk show. Let me uh, clean up the screen a little bit here. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Tabletop Collins Show. It is Monday, January 10th, 2022. We're here to talk to you, the viewer, about usually anything tabletop, but this week we're asking for maybe some character stories. We want to talk about how we like games a lot. We, we do a lot of talking about how we like designing games and like kind of reference that we like playing them. But today we really want to talk about the fact that we like playing games. And the best way to do that in a call-in show format is to ask the viewer to call in and tell us about a good time they've had playing a character in some game. Their choice. Who are we, Jeremy? Do you really know? Well, who are you, Adam? Oh, <laughs> oh. Counter. I, uh, I'm Adam Bell. You could find me anywhere that you get fucking people at. <laughs> you can find me anywhere online at Adam E. Bell. Uh, that is you, the name that I use everywhere, um, including Twitter, including itch.io. Where you can get my games. So go to adamybell.itch.io for uh, cool games like Grasping Nettles, which was released last week. Um, I'm very happy with it. That's it. That's Just do it. Jeremy? <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeremy Gage. You can find me at JeremyGage5 over on Twitter or the Draw Your Dice Pod also on Twitter. And listen to the Draw Your Dice Podcast, which will be coming back this Saturday <gasps> for everyone who's been waiting auspiciously for it. So you'll get your first episode in a little while. And uh, you can find me in all those places I mentioned. And I might have a game soon. Yeah. An actual game. An, an actual, actual playable game. An actual warm-blooded game. Warm, warm-blooded warm <laughs> game. I don't know about you, but my games bleed. <laughs> <laughs> bleed juice. They bleed uh, juice. They do. Yeah, that's exciting to hear about. Uh, you've got very exciting. What are your What are your plans? I actually haven't asked you about this. Is are you trying to? Because there's eighty five thousand different ways to release a game. You know, you sure. can go the you can go like the digital ash can route where you get most of the game in a playable state and then release it to the world and then slowly mm-hmm. keep working working on it, working on it, releasing new versions, building mm-hmm. a following like that. Or you could go the other route, the other main route, which is like finish it all polish it Mm. then do a release what are you thinking about this here uh i think that what i'm going to do is a quick start uh Mm -hmm. version like create like a quick start then full game then creator's kit sort of release okay and then umbral dive will sort of be the only game i work on for all of eternity very much the the dnd model um and yeah, that's about it. I've come to a design where it's kind of modular. Uh, the class design like sparked up last night, so that felt good. And now I just got to get the role play bits in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. And you and you've made a breakthrough on dice. We don't need to necessarily get into it here if you don't want to, because it's character week. I should actually open the Discord to see if we've got anybody. Nope. We can chat about it. <laughs> We should do our own character stories at some point, but yeah, you you've you've got yeah. a dice mechanic narrowed down, and you think that might also translate over into the role play zone. Yes, I would love for the mechanic to go like kind of sing through 
the system just kind of like work inverse of itself. Uh, for anyone who's watching sneak peek discussion, I mean, I'll probably talk about this on the podcast as well over the coming weeks, but um, I've taken the Forge in the Dark system, and instead of like having you work up to be something cool, you're actually trying to prevent uh, your pool from being damaged using your stats. So you're always rolling 5d6, but enemies will reduce different stats to reduce your dice pool. You're trying to use abilities to negate that and things of that nature. So I really like it, and I found a way to use uh, all of the dice in the spectrum. So your single highest result determines how many additional successes you get on moves. And then your lowest single result determines how many uh, action points the enemies get for their turns. And then your middling dice is sort of like status effect stuff. So if you had a dagger attack that had a had a poison status on it, those middle dice would determine your break point. So if, a, if an enemy had like an eight resistance then you have to roll eight or higher to with those middle dice to apply your status effect. So it includes status effect chance inside of that as well. So I'm glad that I finally came to a way to use all of the FITD dice instead of just the single highest result. Yeah. It's a little wild to hear that called Forge in the Dark because like, you're definitely doing... You're juicing some new fruits. This is what yeah. I'm saying. But yeah, it's definitely... you know I see where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yeah, let's open. Let's open with our characters. Let's uh, let's see if we can think about our our characters. Oh, but we do also have a caller in the queue. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you started thinking. What do you got? I saw, uh, let's see. You didn't, you didn't prethink this. No, I didn't, I didn't I prethink didn't really it either. I, but you're the yeah. We didn't think we would talk today. <laughs> Well, I kind of assumed we would, but let's see. I kind of have one, actually. Yeah, hit me with it. Uh, so, thinking about you know the the longest campaign I've ever run, really the only campaign I've ever run successfully as a whole campaign, was for our favorite game, the Dragon Game, mm-hmm. and then also uh, coupled with a side campaign of a very similar um similarly favorite game dungeon world i really knocked it out of the park with these two um and i just you know the main villain is somebody that uh cracks me up to this day (laughs) yeah as a gm you have so many choices yeah yeah uh so the main villain was the was technically the party's boss at the beginning that's how he was introduced uh, and and the reason that I want to shout out my character, this character who was named Lord Friedman, uh, <laughs> was uh, two halflings st- stacked on top of a dwarf uh, in a big coat. And the- <laughs> so throughout the whole campaign, I was dropping hints that this was the situation, uh, both because they had met the other two characters underneath, like separately. Mm-hmm. Like they never interacted with the top halfling except for, you know, in full Voltron mode. <laughs> but there was a time where the middle one got kidnapped by fish people. And so like the whole guy just pretended he was sick and like bedridden 
for mm-hmm. for the duration because obviously you can't just walk around <laughs> without being stacked up. But the reason I liked it the most is when it was finally revealed in like close to the final battle. Um, my the players asked me like, "What the heck? This seems weird. How long are the top guy's arms? Did he do something?" <laughs> to make his arms longer <laughs> and because i had never described the guy as having weirdly like smaller arms uh in fact he had to have really really weirdly long arms yeah just That's part like, mind flare yeah <laughs> just did an arm lengthening procedure to uh to keep up the disguise as one bureaucrat <laughs> Oh, that's good. I like that it was secretly three people as a one person. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. And that you could keep like, this person is tall. All these other people you've interacted with are short. Yeah. You'll never see this coming. You'll never see it. Yeah, the bottom dwarf uh, was like an ancient warlock that was trying to bring forth upon the world a great evil uh, god. Classic. <laughs> Patron pact. Yeah, you know. So that was the fi- the final fight eventually was like the top two had been dispatched completely and the bottom one went full mask off uh, to do the big end world ending ritual, which they did stop. Congrats to the players. Uh, it was a weird event where we played. We were playing 5e and Dungeon World at the same time because both parties from both campaigns were on the screen. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like any time, wh- whichever character was acting, that's those were the rules we were following uh, instead of trying to convert characters from one to the other. It was uh, pretty wild. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I always am interested about like cross campaign or cross party things. I actually now think about like, I know West marches is a thing, but I would love if the narrative was more like you just form a new party every time. Like every day you're like, oh, hey, what's up? You want to like join our thing? We're going to go hunt some sharks or something. Uh, I would find that like a really interesting actual play or something like that. Big, big classic anime cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, <laughs> I expected that to be longer. I don't know why. Uh, for me... Uh, I think my favorite NPC I've run, I was running a in our favorite dragon game, I was running a Theros campaign. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Theros is the Sword and Sandals Magic the Gathering setting. Um, and her name was Alestra. And she uh, worked for the god, she was a champion for the god of trickery. Uh, and what I loved about her is that I basically made her a cartoon character. Uh, and she could just apparate wherever she needed to be at any point, and it always freaked them out because it was just like in the middle of a battle, she would just be there, like hanging out and talking some shit, and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very fun for me. Just every like two or three sessions. Hey, how y'all doing? I just, you know, I need this, and then goodbye. Kind of like a Loki energy, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like those those kind of characters. It's fun to play characters that are uh, not, you know, they're not villains, Mm-mm. but they're not helpful. 
Yeah, no. They're good people doing bad things. They're just their own main character out in a different story. Crossing yeah, paths outsiders. <sighs> well, now that we've well, crushed it. Yeah, and we've set the expectations for today. <laughs> <laughs> That's game design. That's show design. <laughs> um, let's pull in our first caller of the day. Let me get the calling UI up onto the screen and hello thanks for calling the tabletop Colin show who are we talking to hey it's willie obst how are you too happy new year hey happy new year doing good living our best lives that's great jeremy <laughs> it looks like yes <laughs> how are you i am doing well it's monday uh, right. <laughs> am i right yeah uh, i i really like the topic for today um so i'm excited to tell you about this weird thing i do in role-playing games okay <laughs> i've never made a character um that's close that's pretty close jeremy i only play I myself I've... oh stop sniping my shit i <laughs> <laughs> so okay that was rude um i'm something of a character actor in that i'm never out of character in that i always play myself in a role-playing game mm -hmm. i play willie obst uh as you know as probably as close as i can get uh usually it's like in traditional games when i have stats and a character sheet where i write my name and my deal um and uh it creates a kind of um embodiment that you wouldn't otherwise get if you just thought of a guy right <laughs> god thought of a guy and here i am um so we were playing uh the new version of warhammer fantasy roleplay mm -hmm. and I played myself and a dog man uh, bit my arm off and I felt phantom pain <laughs> from old. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, it's less of a character story and more that um, my life has brought me to a lot of interesting places like the mud and Warhammer. Yeah. And then those are real memories that you will yell. <laughs> That's <today>. real. <laughs> yeah. You'll tell your children years from now. I, my arm that was is bitten a, off by a dog. That is a real memory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so smart. I can make memories real in my head. So <laughs> That's the magic of role playing. Great. That's good. Um, what was that fucking movie Bradley Cooper was in with the pill? Uh, that Sorry. would be... Warhammer the movie. <laughs> correct. That was the you know, correct like answer. Chaos monster after eating a pill. Yeah. Bradley Cooper pill movie. I'm looking it up. Limit uh, it's called Limitless. It's called Limitless. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, Adam, you said that your character just now, the one that you wanted to talk about, but you had, if I am remembering correctly, a wizard character with an interesting name that you played continuously. Um, I'm does that sound from it? Might have been an elf. An elf, I've never played an elf. 
Uh, and it had this like kind of Tolkienian name that was very oh, silly. Yes, are you speaking of Glingerfell? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Glingerfell, who has a long and storied past, honestly, originally was my character in uh, Lord of the Rings Online when my uh, oh. friend of mine. A friend of mine barged into my dorm room uh, and said, we're playing Lotro, dude. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I guess we are. And so that's where Glingerfell was born. Um, And then later, the same friend uh, who I then lived with at this point, it's junior year, is like, we're playing 4E, buddy. Uh, And I was like, I don't know what role-playing games are, but I'm in. And... That I mean, that was the same thing that happened to me. Four A junior year, you kind of are indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. That's when it happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's an op. It's a government op to get you in. <laughs> it's like it's like getting college students to learn Russian so they will join the CIA afterwards. Like, yeah, it's the same thing. And, and so, what that Glingerfell might have been a wizard, probably not though. Was definitely one of the spellcasting classes. Uh, that campaign fell apart after f- four sessions, probably. A new campaign, senior year, emerged. Different friend this time. Uh, Glingerfell was reborn as a Ganassi, <laughs> a Ganassi sword mage, I believe. Uh, had a whole backstory about how the original Glingerfell did indeed somehow transform. I can't remember the specifics. And I think that was the last official canonical glingerfell but maybe it's time time to come back time for a reboot yeah only one character (laughs) it's gonna be a 24 kind of situation um i I was just checking the viewers to make sure i wasn't gonna snipe this but i would like also to talk about matt Fennell's character in our last game where uh he played an elf that was named elf and (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I think the name is the most important part. Like, obviously, a fleshed out character, but we did just call this representative of their species just elf. Elf. Um, yeah, elf. It's like calling a cat a cat, right? You've heard of elf on the shelf. Yeah, no. I, I called I called elf elfer, but th- that's just that's just me. Personal choice. That's what Will Yopes the character would do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just find like. I sometimes have trouble, especially online, kind of even inhabiting a mindset. So it's kind of, (laughs) it's called the no thoughts mindset. Um, (laughs) I just find it easier to do like, to really work through like, okay, what would I do in the mud and Warhammer? Like, what would I do on the space station? And that feels easier to be inside because I don't have to find that this is getting into like actual game design talk but i find that i go to the third person very quickly when playing online games mm-hmm. like mm. i use that because i just can't do it really at my desk in front of a microphone but it's easier to like talk extemporaneously about what willie Obst would do <laughs> right and weirder i think to talk i mean not weirder but probably harder to talk in the third person in the way that you might fall into with another character you simply just say i will <laughs> <Right. Yopst. laughs> 
<laughs> that that game of Warhammer was great because uh, we were playing. Uh, it was like just to figure out what the system was like, and we were playing with Adira Slidery, and Adira rolled. We all rolled random characters, and Adira got a wizard, which is like super rare. And uh, we staged a um, a protest uh, to bargain for more spells oh, for yes, Adira against this. the GM. Yeah, players. <laughs> Yeah, we <laughs> formed a union against the GM to give more spells. Yeah, you should have more. Uh, I'm is a forward. little skinny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we also did a trick where we found one rare sword and we used like whatever free action we had to throw the sword to the next person in combat order to use. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, <laughs> love, love a creative game like that. Yeah. I want to play more games. It's working. It makes the games sound working. fun to play, right? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, that's so smart. Non-attuned weapon, just pass it down. Just just toss it. Oh, I used the last quick action at the end of my turn to throw it to the next dickhead. Yeah, we're just one big <laughs> fighter. You know, we, we would have to roll to catch it, but it's like, you know, you I'm going to try to catch the sword. If I don't catch the sword, if it would fall on the ground, we would roll to, like, kick it up into our hands and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, with the right questions you can turn any game into an episode of bugs bunny and like <laughs> just really what you want some hannah-barbera nonsense mm -hmm. oh god uh, <coughs> really so hopes you, that was good whenever you tried to get me to think of glingerfell's name i started running through all of the other uh dungeons and dragons characters i've played uh including the currently running druid who was my original druid in this 5e campaign that's been going for... I've been saying... I think I've been saying it's going on for five years for at least two years now. Uh, Whoa. So it's been... Go it's It's been a while. It's ending at some point, you know. We're that's in... like a Kingdom Hearts naming convention. <laughs> five, five plus two. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been at least five years for two years now. Uh, the infinite step. Yeah. So the Keys of memory. The, the current druid is a little man named Grunlar. <laughs> You're good at this. Uh, he's a little rascal, I'll tell you. Uh, and then the other one that I've played in that campaign was a cat man named Mr. Mittens, but spelled like you would spell it in a fantasy game. <laughs> wow. You go for, you know, really uh, two plosives in your name, mm -hmm. like... I usually, if I'm playing a character, it's usually named like Dozer or Truck or something. <laughs> good, na good names. Yeah. Benny Bonkers. <laughs> things like this. <laughs> yeah. I'm a two plosives guy. What can I say? Yeah, it's like... You know, your a traveler used to have all these word generation tables for each like alien species. So you just spend forty five minutes to roll a new word, and yeah, that'd be pretty plosive heavy. Well, I uh, that's my character. No one's in the queue, but I want to hop out and make room if if people want to call in. 
Sounds good. Yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for chatting. You got anything uh, yeah. anything to say at the end here? I hear there's a super oh. car game coming soon. Oh, uh, Benny Bonkers is coming. Um, yeah, Torque, <laughs> the car PG of a uh, crash and tactical crashing on the road and story based chilling in the rest stop. Torque Rally Raid role playing is. I was about to send it to the printer this week, so it'll be available uh, at goodluckpress.co. It'll be probably at Exalted Funeral, IPR, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, come pre-order it. Come get it. Uh, why not check out Cyber Metal at Pentagram.City tomorrow? Uh, live on GameFound, Adam Vass's uh, Y2K post Hellscape, Digipunks, g- Guns Got Memory Cards, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Eight megabytes of bullets. We uh we talk about it in the next episode of the Brain Trust podcast, which is coming out tomorrow. I recorded the most wild, messy, hard shit song ever for the bed music. Um, so check that out. Uh, there is double bass drum involved, yes. uh, but otherwise, okay. uh, thanks both so much. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Thank you, Will. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. My God. The games are good. <laughs> Let me tell you. It's pretty fun. You know what's you know what's nice about today's episode is that we the show often talks about design, which mm-hmm. is a a fun piece of it, but I think today is about like the fun of the game, which is why we design. Like right. what is our fun or what do we find fun and how do we yeah. play a game that capitalizes on that yeah i love it sure and like games don't have to be fun but a lot of times that's what they are and that's the point yeah and that's great uh and that's something that i want to that's like one of my goals i think of this year is to remember that all the time Mm -hmm. and part Mm -hmm. of that is doing stuff like this of like pivoting this show and you know maybe some stuff in the future about just like relishing in the joy of game Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just the nitty gritty of like, ooh, how do I make the dice make my brain tickle a little bit more? Which is also very <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. I love a I love a good tickle dice situation. Yeah, um, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I want to want to consider that more and think about that more. And I think I've already started doing that towards the end of of last year when I've started really designing. But um, I think I'll make the games better. If you remember, mm-hmm. okay, sure, I could craft the perfect greasy little <laughs> shoot for your story to <laughs> to slide through. Oh, this is bad. What happened Go there? Back. I was trying to say, <laughs> I was trying to say, it's like very fun to cre- to like have mechan like to think of the mechanics and make them like work beautifully in conjunction with each other and blah blah blah. But uh, well, you know. <laughs> When I said greasy, <laughs> when I said greasy shoot, which was no good. Oh. Uh, what's also nice is that I think with this episode, uh, it also opens up the conversation about like uh, GMing or character creation or like being a player at the table, which also mm-hmm. might be interesting things to talk about too. We've talked a lot about like mechanical nitty gritties. And, like, maybe some setting stuff. I don't think we've ever talked really in depth about, like, 
our personal GMing tactics. How do we like help players flourish at the table? How do we help ourselves flourish at the table? Uh, I think those would be interesting to talk about too. Yeah. We've got a lot to say. We've got a lot to say. <laughs> that's why we have a show. Uh, so we can And that's it. also why we have a caller. You believe that? Yeah. See that transition? Greasy. Welcome. Greasy transition. <laughs> Welcome to the Tabletop College Show. Who's <laughs> there? This is uh, Dan Phipps from Gem Room Games. How's it going, Dan? <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Is things are going good. We're in the middle of a sleep regression uh with Nora and Violet is uh has learned the word no and is very excited about that discovery. <laughs> oh god, no. Uh, we are sleeping sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, things are good. Yeah. How are you two doing? Doing great. We're, we're uh I'm just going to hit the juice button in the chat. To show yeah. you, yeah, that's how yeah. Everyone juice. <laughs> Let's get a little juice for Juice Nation. I figured out that you could change the little bubble that uh, uh, that collects when you watch the channel, and now it's fucking juice. And who doesn't <laughs> love that? <laughs> who doesn't love a gag? I mean, you know, look, we just got to keep this juice train going. <laughs> oh my god, Dice Ghost has your face, dude. <laughs> I forgot I put that there. <laughs> Oh, that's an upsetting way to describe that emoji. <laughs> that's a ma- wait. Is that an emote everyone can use? Uh, subscribers, and you can spend, I think, four hundred and eighty juice to shut up. Space. <laughs> yeah, you let's can- go. Uh, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Adam's face. We're here to talk about <laughs> characters, and. <laughs> I I have a character that I really really liked and that I wish I had time to play Lancer more because mm-hmm. um codename Sunburst was one of my favorite characters ever 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 because it turns out um you can work backwards from all of the things Lancer gives you to blow up your own mech and make a very compelling character. Okay. Um so Lancer has this heat system for that's supposed to be like what you pay to use the really good guns that are so cool that they catch on fire if you use them too much. But um, if you take things like Nuclear Cavalier, then all of a sudden you want your mech to be on fire all the time. And so I got to work backwards from that when uh when the brain trust uh was was playing jouster um to make uh rosium zwartkop aka sunburst and her mech i never promised you a rose garden a um escaped penal colonist slash self-taught nuclear engineer who all that ever happened was trying to build up as much just just Chernobyl nuclear fallout as possible. And every decision was about how to turn that into a giant laser that fired like once per fight and would destroy whatever was in the path of it. And then that was my, that was my entire contribution to the, to the fight was just staying back and cussing and, uh, and blowing up exactly one thing and then saying, okay, well, good luck. Um, Yeah. 
I've got a knife now. Um, and that's it. <laughs> um, and it was great. Uh, it was a ton of fun. Lancer's a, a very difficult game to make time for um, mm-hmm. and really, really has that that 4E energy of, you know, every fight is going to be kind of your whole evening, um, which which is no longer uh, viable for for me. But um, but those few opportunities, it, it's really great to when when a game lets you just destroy yourself um, and and think about, hey, what kind of person would choose this? How can I how can I justify all of these bad choices at once? Yeah. How can I justify all these bad choices at once? And then you're just a big laser guy. Or... And then you're just the biggest laser guy. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember the name of the game. We, um, the, uh, um, there was a, uh, uh, it went from Lancer to relationship game when uh, Adira was the only other person who could play. <laughs> Second call out to Adira for being a ton of fun to play tabletop RPGs with. Because it was just like, well, we don't have enough players to actually like GM and run a tactical wargaming simulator, so probably our characters should just make out. Um, and that was also an excellent exploration of uh, self-destructive uh, laser guy choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, by the end of it, I had a whole backstory for the penal colony she escaped from, and like Nausicaa... Uh, you know, Valley of the Wind, everything's poisoned except this one spot. And, and like a whole hex map, I used all kinds, because I got a hex kit in the um, uh, the racial justice bundle and all kinds of weird hexes. And it was extremely fun to uh, um, to build that out. So yeah, I missed, uh, 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 I missed Sunburst. Sunburst was a ton of fun to just be a horrible meltdown gremlin at all times yeah and what's the name of that just real quick one more time the name of that mech was i didn't promise you a rose garden or i never promised I you never. a rose garden good name it's good this yeah is how you, this is how we name mechs uh definitely recommend i mean obviously naming your mech after a racehorse is a time-honored tradition <laughs> i also recommend naming um your mechs after uh classic country songs because those are also uh, just a, a deep well of um, <laughs> of of excellent phrases. Great. So, anyways, that was the character I was really excited about. Um, yeah. I also had uh, uh, I didn't I never had an elf named Elf, but one time I GM'd a game where my friend Scott <laughs> named uh, had a, a dwarf named Wharf. Um, who died falling into a spike pit. And I always liked... I liked I liked Warp the Dwarf a lot. He was just a real... Rest in peace to Warp. <laughs> the spikes. Yeah. <laughs> just gotta, gotta pour one out for Warp the Dwarf. Um, the, 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 I've never played D&D before, but this seems like a good choice. Um, naming convention holds strong with that one. Warp's good. Or went out to everybody we lost to the spike pit. Yeah. <laughs> you ever use the uh, gelatinous cube method? I haven't, but uh, I've heard the my favorite uh, a friend of mine, Chris Gray, who wrote um, Happiest Apocalypse on Earth, uh, talked about 
how he would, um, whenever he was playing like old school type games, he would have a uh, a hallway that was notable only for being perfectly clean. Um, yep. And then that's because the gelatinous cube was exactly the width of the hallway and you just couldn't see it and and adventurers would just walk right into it, which I thought was was just a lovely like like the trap is cleanliness is an excellent uh, energy to bring into um, I guess semi adversarial comedy GMing. Uh, my favorite is when there is a pitfall trap that is the exact size of the gelatinous cube. Yeah. How yeah. do these cubes keep fitting exact? I guess it makes sense that they would, you know, they're like kind of a liquid. They would, they would yes. conform to the shape of the vessel. A jello. Yeah. It's in the name. It's in the name. It's in the name. I love <laughs> mechs. I love mechs. Mechs are great. You made me think of Armored Core. If I have any Armored Core fans out there, send me some juice. Highlight a text. Good. They were good games. Send out some juice. Juice for Armored Core. Uh, oh, wait, is Armored Core the one that they're doing another one of? Those 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 mad lads at FromSoft? What? They would actually do another one? They haven't done one for years. Now I have to I I thought I saw Armor some some uh, memes about holding your uh, your controller in an odd way. Um, Shut up. Have seemingly le- leaked. Unannounced game is reportedly the subject of a consumer survey. No, oh. okay. <laughs> a consumer survey? That's much less exciting than a game. I was more excited about a game. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. The survey doesn't sound nearly as much fun. Yeah, Armored Core. Armored Core was good, or at least for it's nostalgic for me because I played the what is it called Phantom, Phantasm something. I don't the remember. Phantom like Toll the Booth, I think. The fan, yes, Armored Core, <laughs> the Phantom Toll Booth. Yeah, Armored Core Verdict Day. Somehow, at one point, it took on a very like Call of Duty energy, uh, which was unfortunate. Day. But <laughs> that's incredible. that was for Armored Core Five. Get it? The mm-hmm, V. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, very. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, big mech fan. Need more mechs. Maybe Umbral Dive will have mechs. No, Umbral oh, Dive yeah. will have mech. I mean, Singular you know, mech. one mech. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you live inside a giant mech. It's a macross situation. It's uh, you know, if you zoom out enough, it's like uh, instead of a snow globe being where everything takes place, it's an, it's all inside a giant mech. You've got it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll name it a country song. Yeah, there you go. You can't go wrong. My mom loved Leanne Rhymes. I'll dedicate it to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of touching. I love that. Yeah, I love her. Oh. Mom, I love you if you're watching this. Oh, I don't want to know about that. <laughs> Sorry, can we get a can we get a clean take on uh, Jeremy loves his mom? <laughs> mom, if you're watching, I love you. Do you think so? Now you can use that as a ringtone if you uh, yes. once the podcast comes out <laughs> nicely like that. The Jeremy Gage soundboard. Yep. Do you think she's watching? No, absolutely not. <laughs> 
my mom doesn't quite understand what it is that I do, but mm-hmm. she's happy for me either way. Yeah, there we go. Oh, I'm, look, I'm looking at potential mech names from Leanne Rhymes songs. We've got put a little holiday in your heart. Oh, that's very strong. <laughs> the, right, the right kind of wrong. Ooh. Yeah, the right kind of wrong. Dude. Can't fight the moonlight. I mean, Ooh. that was one of her favorites. Yeah. Yeah, we'd listen to that in the car all the time when I was six, seven, six or seven. A wee Jeremy. Bite I've never bite. changed. If I can find a picture of myself. Just looking around, like the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for my phone and then I realized my cam, so that's uh. not possible. <laughs> Damn it, BLG. Mom, <laughs> if you're watching. <laughs> Aww. All right. Well, I think well, then, we have a potential caller. Potentially, one a caller might be joining, uh, not not currently present in the waiting room, but I'm sure that'll be cleared up soon. But Dan, uh, why don't you sign yourself out? Wh- who are you? We know who you are, but does the viewer? Great question. Um, uh, we'll we'll find out. But uh, uh, so I'm Dan <laughs> Phipps. I'm half of Gem Room Games. Uh, we make tabletop RPGs. And you can find them at gemroomgames.com. We've got a a Kickstarter launching February 1st for Nine Lives of Valhalla, a game about death metal Viking cats who have the only thing between them and the uh, drinking halls of eternity is they have to die gloriously nine times as opposed to the usual one. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, we're really, really excited about it. Um, And uh, if you, I don't know, if you want to see the preview copy, just... Uh, send me a DM. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. And um, and yeah, thanks for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thank you for being here, Dan. Have a good uh, rose gardeny day. I don't. I works, uh, but... <laughs> I always do. <laughs> right. I am promising you a rose gardeny day. Wonderful. Talk to you later. See ya. All right. Look at this. You want to introduce your friend? Oh, uh, for the next two weeks, I am watching this beautiful German Shepherd Chow Chow uh, named Dawn. Say hi, Dawn. Dad right, of the people. Because that's, speaking of moms, that's my mom's name. Aw. <laughs> so it throws me Don Del. when you mention, uh, no, but <laughs> once. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got another caller in the queue. Giving the the customary pause so that mm-hmm. uh, there's time to mute. And hello, welcome to the Tabletop Collins Show. Hi, Who are talking to. <laughs> hello. Hey, this is Vic. How's Hi, Vic. Going? How are you? Well, doing well. Yeah. Me too. Hello. How are you? Sorry for the feedback. Oh. I'm doing well. I have a baker. With way too many powers. <laughs> Ooh. Showed up twice in two different games okay. with two different systems. They originally started to exist in Vampire the Masquerade and then went off into the Dragon game. But mm. their fealty is based around the same component of pun pun, like good night pun puns, dear God, tinkle tinkle hoy. So as long as people say, Dear Matilda, biscuit, biscuit, please. 
This woman appears, <laughs> and if a biscuit is not immediately delivered to her, she will start fire to the countryside, no matter what game it is. So if it's a low-tech, like, high city, like, just normal, ordinary thing, she'll find a way. She'll mm -hmm. make a call. It'll be to the city grid. It'll be to electricity. But the whole, the fear, and it's only been one consistent player in the, I lied, maybe the four iterations she's appeared. <laughs> and each time that guy knows, oh God, I got to get milk. I got to get eggs. This is session one through like four. He's like, I have, and everybody else has no idea what's going on. They're like, why is this guy so content on making a, like, baked goods at the moment and he's like i can't tell you because if i tell you it has a beetlejuice effect so you have to oh, just let me passively collect everything and not ask any questions whatsoever <laughs> don't look at me he succeeded once oh does that mean three times fire was set to or the, the countryside was set on fire yes oh rough once it was an electrical fire, the second time it was a just it was in the dragon game, so it was a spell, and the third time I think it was in Shadowrun, and mm. the rigger's just arm exploded. <laughs> Damn. But there's more. There's more to her than just that. But that's honestly my favorite. My favorite component. Ah. <laughs> Heavily nuanced and slightly destructive. I love it. <laughs> so Only fun of peace. Definitely a good one. I was like trying to think. I was like, am I going to choose one of the ghosts or is this one better? But Matilda, Matilda has her charms. Where did uh, where did that idea or that concept spawn from? Um, well, watching the film Matilda in the specific mm. chocolate cake scene mm -hmm. kind of created a oh. But what if, what if this was somebody's, the entire plot of one character, but also Oedipus? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> her... <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a very, her, her whole story is a edible tragedy, but her, her main caveat is I must have the biscuits. <laughs> I love biscuits it. control everything around me. <laughs> And by now, it's and I wouldn't bring it up. I, I it was never it was never something from the get go. It was only like small letters would be passed around the table with certain codes, <laughs> and then over time, both edible and edible. Yeah, I was, was going <laughs> to ask the same question actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was intentional wordplay. <laughs> Powerful. It's just gotten, it's how can I sneak this in for this one particular player over like the course of three years and every time oh. he's not expecting it or the, <laughs> the one time he almost did and almost saved everybody was the rigor situation. So he was able to put out the fire pretty quickly. Oh, <laughs> great. You, uh, you mentioned you were deciding between that and in one of the ghosts. Is that right? Um, I, yeah, one of the ghosts. 
I just that that stood out. What does that mean? I'd, I'd, Give I'd us one of the in. ghosts. I'd come back in because I had I switched over my computer during the. It went from Lancer to Relationship game, and let me tell you, my friends just way too many opportunities when it comes to ghost, and I don't know why, but there there was a long, very long D and D game which I. I wish would end sooner. I loved every moment of it, but they had met a girl in a town, and sure enough, they decided that the, she would become the party's patron. And I didn't know anything about this for the longest time until I tried to like get her to repair something during a massive boss battle, and she, they were so distracted by the big bad that they didn't check on her fixing something. She passed. In the next few episodes, they all decided very adamantly that her entire life was the most important thing in the entire world and that no matter what, whatever her last will and goal was, they would all follow it. So they all became either, they all became clerics and paladins and dedicated their entire life to making sure, I don't think this counts as my doing and hopefully it doesn't, making sure that that girl got her last wish. And that last wish was just to like have a she had a crush on one of the characters in the party and she just wanted to follow him till the end and so everybody made sure in the very last battle after like talking to her through crystals finding every single way to speak to that ghost in every possible way to make sure that the last scene in the entire game was the reunion of like that character dying to meet <laughs> meet wow. this girl in the afterlife it's not it's not funny it's just dedication to yeah. six people like it's being touching. like oh we have goals no screw our goals our entire goal is this dead farm girl whom we all are just enamored by just devoted i think to. she's the best and it was also the most like grating voice i could do and i feel like they just were like oh god there's the opportunity there we're just gonna keep that and we're just gonna make sure vic has to do this as often as possible <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really hey, good. that's the power of belief and faith, people. That's what <laughs> it, that's what it really boils down to. No, those are, those are my two. I, I love I love when everything becomes the relationship game. Throws everything yeah. out the window. Let's just find this one this one character that you've decided that the one NPC that's more important than any of our ethos here, and just go for it. <laughs> yeah, those are. If, if, I've just learned that if I'm going to make a ghost, I'm in trouble from Monster Hearts to any any game. If there's mm. going to be a ghost, because I have the forever GM problem. Aww. But there's going to feel it. If there's going to be a ghost, they're going to try to romance it. And I just need to accept the Patrick mm -hmm. Lazy mm -hmm. in their hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. wants to get involved with a ghost. Like, yeah. Just how do you cradle me, dude? Just cradle <laughs> me with your spectral arms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And then, and then, uh, God, I, I can't remember the ghost game, the Mumblecore ghost movie that came out. But like, I I sent it to all of them, and then they were like, "We'll never do it again." Do you, Adam? Do you remember the name of that specific movie by I any no, chance? I, no, I don't. Um, it is God. It's Lace Crater, I believe, is the name of it. It's a 2015. Um, who is it? Who's that, in it? That is Harrison. A movie. Atkins um, is the director, and it's this girl who just 
finds finds a ghost at an air like essentially an airbnb with her friends has a romance and it's just her falling apart for the rest of the the movie and i'm like this is what happens next guys don't love the ghost <laughs> the downfall the fallout this will happen to you this is your cautionary ghost <laughs> cautionary <laughs> the punitive tale let me have movie. my ghost i'm looking at the movie poster it looks like the ghost wears exclusively all burlap he does and then you see his face once (laughs) and you're like okay understandable pretty ghost (laughs) but it's the burlap appeal (laughs) yeah i I love what's up all right well thank you for those those wonderful stories Um, yeah thanks for first time caller vic being here i was nervous do you have anything? Where can people find you, or, or or whatever you want to say at the end of your call here? Find me at Toma- uh, Major Tomorrow. I do brand management for a bunch of tiny publishers. Uh, I'm probably Ooh. doing some tiny things for Zemo, and uh, yeah, that's what I do mostly. Major cool. Tomorrow, but otherwise, that's pretty much it at the moment. Mostly because of how many brands I manage. <laughs> I can get one game out a quarter, and that's about it. Feel that, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I, I just regret. I just hit a little inside of my. <laughs> right. Wait, what? Man- I'm not managing shit. I can't get one game out of quarter. <laughs> I... It's, it's, it's because it's it's like I'll have days where I'll get real sad, and then I'll be like, you know what? I just have to put all of my emotional energy into this, and then I'll be fine. Or that I'll just find a friend and I'll be like, hey, you need drawings? You need drawings for your game so I don't have to think about mine and I still feel productive? <laughs> Please? Please? Give me some don't, don't get us on me. Alrighty, well, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Thank you, Vic. Bye. 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 And, uh, you know, we're almost at the top of the hour. So unless somebody has a real quick call, there's nobody in the queue, I might do the thing where I type in the call queue that I'm closing it. So if you uh, want to get in, we do have a question, get in there quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I see it. Yeah, we... uh, so let yeah. me just say I'm closing the queue and then, yeah. A uh, friend of the show, dice ghost says, can't call in right now, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on creating characters through narrative fiction versus creating a character concept up front. Um, what do you what do you think about this? So I'm I'm imagining that like is this uh when he says creating a character concept up front, do you think that's like So I imagine it? that it's like the difference between backstory and front story. Like okay. backstory is something you sort of like uh right before the game happens, front story is like the emergent stuff that happens as you make decisions for your mm-hmm. character. Right. I'm a very front story character person. Like I will not, I will do like the frame of my character mm-hmm. and have like a keyword. And then that's it. After that, I'll, once I start making decisions in the game is determining like what that person is like when someone in the game asks me is like, Oh, like, uh, where are you from? I'll make a decision right there. About where I'm from and what feels like right in that moment. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm the same way. Where I do a lot of, um, you know, I get a, I get a shape of a character. I get a good name. The name's very important. <laughs> a great name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I get a good Dave. I get a, I get a, uh, the shape of like how this person might interact. Uh, and then whatever the, the given game asks you for. And that's about it. And then, yeah, like you said, the mm-hmm. rest, I just fill in through play. Um, yeah. So like a great example of that would be, uh, the character in this plays in the dark game that I occasionally join. Uh, all I know, you know, I made this character a long time ago and then played once and now have played like two times kind of recently. So I'm, I'm getting a feel for him. Uh, mm-hmm. All I know is that the name that I wrote down at the time was Herman. And then in quotes, Harry Hambone. Hambone. <laughs> so goes, goes by Harry uh, is named Herman. Uh, and then the vice I had written down was just distributing pamphlets. So it, it came up like, <laughs> I didn't I don't know what I meant by that, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, but recently I was asked like, Oh, what does that mean? And you know, I came, of course it's, it's me. So I came upon this, th- this character distributes uh, pamphlets where he talks to a bunch of different like workers around Duskwall and like hears about their shitty bosses. And then when enough time has passed that it's, it becomes kind of more anonymous. Who's who's giving them that information? Publishes it on little pamphlets, shitting on the rich person, uh, both with like personal gossip, of course, and then also like, yeah, here's some labor problems that I'm really caring about. But the personal gossip is to rope you in. Mm. And so that all culminated. The, the newsletter before the blog. Got it. Right. <laughs> that all culminated <laughs> in. Um, the the most recent score I participated in. We wanted to steal a boat and so like we got it so that there was like a rich people party on a boat that harry was invited to by uh you know he knew obviously this is a trap like they just want to yell at me or kill me or whatever for um for talking shit about them and so agrees to join brings the the crew of scoundrels that exists in blades in the dark uh and then you know we get on the boat the rich people try to confront me. We we tell them, hey, relax. This is a party. Everybody's having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've written bad things about you. And then we got the crew to overthrow the captain and kick all the rich people off. And now it's now it's that crew's boat. <laughs> so, like, a lot of that comes from that front story bit of, like, yeah, I wrote something down. But mm-hmm. we're, let's see where it leads us whenever we get there. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. I think I – think- what I often, when I have players at the table, I, in my IRL group that hasn't been playing much often lately because they don't really like playing online. It doesn't like feel the same for them. So we haven't been playing lately. But uh, I always advocate for front story over backstory because I'm not, uh, I've played games where everyone comes to the table with a character concept, but also like a backstory. And typically it's the dragon game. And typically they all have their personal drives and one uh, for the story, which is, in my opinion, not ultimately conducive to a team-based role-playing game where like you're all supposed to be doing a thing. Otherwise, you get it's like the like your campaign really bloats out because you want to satisfy everyone's personal want, but that has to happen one at a time. It can't always happen simultaneously, or else it doesn't feel like feel like sometimes it doesn't feel like they're getting the spotlight that they want in mm-hmm. that situation. So uh, I always advocate for front story for characters like, hey, come with like a general set of keywords for like how you think 
respond to like high pressure situations and let that be the driving force for your character. Just like, what do you like? And I use, um, uh, I'm a really big fan of like the magic, the gathering color philosophy stuff. Like what does being a red character mean? What does being a blue character mean, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, I use that to like design concepts for characters as well. And I use that to sort of like articulate ideas about drives to, players for their characters in addition to that cool feels like a decent way to get out of probably what is my it's not a problem mm -hmm. but i definitely fall into an archetype which is not fully will yope style but like a lot of the characters that i play are just different me's with, mm -hmm. with you know pulling on aspects of my personality that i want to lean into on any given day mm-hmm um, but like having a thing like you're saying where you take something from magic that I don't, I don't know what it means. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it gives you, it gives you a way to maybe break out of that and play somebody that's not just you, uh, which could be cool. Yeah. It could be very cool. Well, well, like, a and a, uh, just one quick example is like the color red, uh, usually red characters care a lot about individual freedom and kind of like wear their emotions on their sleeve. So like if they're angry, they're angry. They're not subtly angry. They're like in a rage about something. If they're happy, they're happy and like clanking uh, uh, tankards together and singing song and stuff like that. If they're sad, they grieve for like days or something to that effect. Um, and they also don't care for like to be inhibited or in action. So like they don't like law too much or like structure because they feel like it's stifling and it doesn't allow for like creativity or uh, expression or something like that. So like when I make a red character, I think about how I don't really engage well with like authority figures or how I don't engage well with people who kind of like just complain about something but don't want to do anything about it like that's both the positive and the negative of my character like i can be that person that's like well why don't you just fix it like i could be that butthole uh and that could be it's like the simple. character growth thing yeah it's simple just fucking solve the problem <laughs> jesus uh but that's just like why i and why I like, and then you get into other things like combining colors with each other so what red blue green character like or something like that yeah yeah that's cool that's very cool there's a lot of thought uh that could go into that yeah that, it's like, part of umbral dive so is it yeah okay all right yeah encouraging yeah. encouraging front story with um tech from magic the gathering deck building that's great looking forward to it thank you all right um is that, do we got anything else? Yeah, yeah, we want anybody? I mean, we're at the top of the hour. So, like, yeah. le legally, we're allowed to leave. <laughs> Just walk out the door. <laughs> Our punch cards are punched. Uh huh. Um, do you want to? You, you, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my name has been Jeremy Gage. Uh, it will change tomorrow because of that sentence. And. You've been on the dryer. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong one. This is why I don't go first. You've been on the tabletop call-in show character edition. Uh, you can follow me at Jeremy Gage 5 over on Twitter or at the Draw Your Dice pod. 
also on Twitter. Uh, watch this space for more uh, bloopers and outtakes of me not doing my job well. Uh, Adam? Yeah, I've been Adam Bell. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam e. Bell. Uh, go get my games at adamebell.games, such as the recently digitally released Grasping Nettles. Maybe even pre-order it for my Ko-Fi, <laughs> ko-fi.com slash adamebell. Uh, or go to kickstarter.adamebell.games uh, to get yourself reminded about Legend Has It, an upcoming anthology myth-making card game where you pull stories from your own books. By me. Uh, it's looking really good. Sasha and I went through and edited the text, and so, like, I think it was clear, but now it's definitely clear. It's going to be great. You're going to be able to play it very soon. Maybe even, I don't know how long the Game Crafter takes to print games. But you're going to be able to play it in an amount of time between... It's it's up to the Game Crafter. Soon, before summer. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Subscribe and like this channel. Yeah. Subscribe.